not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does, you know, what do you have in that room? And the best man wins, and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Greetings and welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics OU Football Podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Uh, joined for this segment and actually a part of the next segment by my pal and former beat partner at the Oklahoma, Ryan Aber. Ryan, thanks for joining. Yeah, no problem. Glad to do it. It's not like I've got a, a shortage of time right now to, to do things like this. Right. Yeah, we're. I think we're all... Uh, struggling for things to do but now i uh, know people can't see the audio but i know one of the thing can't see the video mm -hmm. but one of the things that you've done during this time of uh, self-quarantine and social distancing is uh try to compete with me on the facial hair level well i don't yeah <laughs> it ain't I don't happening well that's what i was gonna say i'm not i'm not trying to compete with you because i can't yours is so <laughs> And you've been working on it for so long. Like mine is, it's. It, I mean, it would take me forever to get to your level. So no, don't, I, don't, don't take this as me coming after you. I'm just trying to emulate you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. I was thinking about this the other day. I have no clue how beard, how long my beard's going to get during this thing because I've sort of uh, decided not to trim it until I can go back and get a proper haircut and, and uh, beard trim for my. Uh, my barber who does a great mm -hmm. job at uh, midtown barbers if you're in oklahoma city uh check them out yeah, I, I gotta give a plug for my yeah. boy cameron over there but uh we're gonna see how far this thing gets us that's interesting because i was just starting to wonder myself like i've never had it this long so like how i don't even know how to trim it myself or if i need to go somewhere to get it trimmed i'm still learning about this and uh, you can for do me it uh, well, I don't know if I trust myself. <laughs> well, I don't know if I trust you either. <laughs> you know, the the big thing is I, I will probably trim around the like mustache area to keep it from getting in, in my mouth. Mm -hmm. But uh, the actual beard part, I'm just going to let it grow and, and see what happens. Well, that'll be very interesting to, to see how that goes. Later in the podcast, uh, so this week I wrote uh, a profile about the three-year Letterman Twitter account and the TV show, the web series that it's become, uh, it's been a really popular story. Uh, it's been really cool to see how many people have enjoyed it. Um, but co the Coach Letterman character himself uh, didn't really appreciate it because it implies that he's not real. So uh, we will be joined, or I will be joined here in a little bit, uh, by Coach Letterman. Uh, and he's going to you know, let me have it and tell me, uh, you know, all the reasons that I'm part of the uh, anti-SEC deep state. Um, but we're going to surprise Coach Letterman at the end with uh, with a little cameo from Ryan here because when we were all in L.A. for the uh, OU-UCLA game, we actually met up with uh, Coach Letterman. And, Ryan, I'll let you take it from here on what happened at the end of that little impromptu press conference. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to ask the hard questions at these things. And, and there were a lot of softballs being lobbed his way. But then I had to, you know, come strong with the, the sources about the the true truth about the financing of the waterbed. And, and he was not happy with me then. And uh, I'm sure he won't be happy with me a little bit later when I, I confront him with some new evidence. 
Oh boy. Well, that will be really interesting and surely entertaining. Uh, if you want to go read that story, please do. It was a lot of fun to write, but Ryan wanted to spend a little time here before we have fun with all that talking about, uh, the last few days, we had a teleconference with Lincoln Riley last week. Uh, was it last week? God, these days yeah, are all running Yeah, it was together. last week. Okay, I can't remember. Week. I couldn't tell you what day last week, but it was last week. <laughs> yeah, and then today, Thursday, we had a teleconference with uh, Joe Castiglione, Oklahoma Athletic Director, not the Boston Red Sox radio announcer, the Oklahoma Athletic Director, Joe Castiglione. So, um, Actually, Ryan, you know what? Was it last week? Was it Monday? Uh, <laughs> I really don't remember. I don't know. These it's days, crazy. I, Everything just runs together these days. I know, I know. It, and it, it feels like it's been, it's really only been, you know, what, a month or, it, or so since everything shut down right here in Oklahoma City. But it feels like it's been a lot longer than that. Yes, yes it does. If but, only uh, I knew then that that would be my last meal at a restaurant when yeah. I had it. I think I would have savored it a little bit more. Yeah, man. It's been a crazy, crazy month. But today we talked to Joe C. And actually, after we hung up with Joe, some news broke. And this actually gives us something to talk about here. Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin announced they are not going to apply for waivers for any of their spring athletes, which I wondered if that would happen at some smaller schools. I'm a little surprised it's happening at a place as big as Wisconsin. Joe Castiglione actually addressed their dealing with spring athletes. And they're going to let them come back. I think the question is just going to be, funding it, figuring out how to fund it, because it's going to be a huge added cost at a time when they're going to probably be losing some money. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see where it comes. You know, we've seen some smaller schools that have already said uh, that they're not going to fund or will only partially fund. I think it was Louisiana Tech, if I'm not mistaken, that said that they were going to try to get donations for baseball and softball, but they weren't going to fund track and field athletes and golf athletes and and other spring sports athletes. So that's going to be something to watch. I think at a place like OU, they're, they're going to be, they're going to have the ability to get around that and and make it happen. But it was surprising to hear Wisconsin jump on board that they weren't. I think uh, I actually asked Joe Castiglione about this earlier in the teleconference. And he said that they were committed um, to, to funding those and giving the coaches the discretion over how to use those those funds um but it, it's going to be something to watch because these aren't revenue sports in a lot of cases and i know obviously softball is really big at ou and, and uh, baseball's got its own following as well but uh, some of those other you know really minor sports where uh that can take ch- take up big chunks of their their finances to add extra scholarships on top of what they were already planning and, and I think this is all so much more complicated than, than people realize because I think the natural assumption is, yeah, sure, let everybody come back. Um, but, you know, I even talked to Patty Gasso yesterday, OU softball coach, and she even said she's not sure she's in favor of every player getting their year back. She was just in favor of the seniors because of the down-the-road problems that's going to cause uh, to their scholarship numbers, especially when they're limited again uh, by how many they can give out. And, and I think – that is why it's going to be complicated to see what other schools decide to do, how OU handles this. And then, and then I think it makes it pretty clear that despite whatever you think about whether winter athletes should get their year back, and look, I'm, 
I understand the people who think that. I feel bad for Maggie Nichols. I know that she's been pushing for this, uh, for, for winter athletes to get their year back. I just think that the fact that Wisconsin won't even fund spring athletes coming back is pretty obvious that the winter thing is way, way, way too complicated, right? It would have Yeah, to it, it really is, and, and it goes far beyond just the, the finances of it. I mean, you, you think of these are athletes who got, you know, 95%, in some cases 100% of their seasons uh, finished. No, they didn't get the championship aspect of things, and I know that really hurts for, for players like, you know, Maggie Nichols, who, who had a chance to win a third all-around and, and yet another team title for, you know, Christian Doolittle, whose career would have ended in the NCAA tournament. Um, it, it's difficult for them, but I think when you think about all of the things that would affect if you did that, you know, you're taking away uh, opportunities for, for freshmen, and there's, there's freshmen who would redshirt next year who wouldn't normally redshirt. And, and that pushes the effect far down the line uh, on, on that. that. So uh, it, it's a really complicated and difficult position. I understand the thought of wanting to compensate them. But the fact is, we're all losing something uh, through this time. You know, there, there are things that have, that have been lost. There are games that have been lost. There are, you know, moments, senior proms, graduations, things like that that have been lost by a lot of people and, and it's awful and, and you wish you could make up for all of them, but it's just not realistic. And, and that was one that I just think, uh, you know, isn't quite realistic to uh, find a way to make up for them because you can't just pick and choose. You can't just say, okay, Maggie Nichols, you get your, your time back, but, but somebody else who, who maybe didn't finish their conference tournament, but it prop their season probably would have ended, you know, in a day or two, you don't get your time back or, or things like that. So it, it's a really complicated issue and, and with no uh, perfect answers, unfortunately. Right. I mean, and then you get into things like what if you come, I mean, this may be getting too much into the weeds, but I think about things like, you know, what if you're a team that was going to make the NCAA tournament uh, and you, you bring your players back another team that wasn't going to make the NCAA tournament, they bring their players back. And then the team that wasn't going to make it makes it. Then it's like I, I don't know. It's just too complicated. I think at that stage in the game. But yeah, I maybe... mean, you know, the the perfect, as perfect answer as you could get would be to play the tournament at some point, to play the NCAA tournament, to play the the gymnastics championships, you know, all of that to to have that over. But the fact is, you can't do that right now. We don't know, you know, when that would even be possible, and and by the time we get there venues or, or so much of an issue i think you know you think about how much people freaked out when the ncaa said that they were going to cancel everything and, and people said oh it's an overreaction you know i can't believe you canceled the spring sports already things like that well you know i i think it was uh dr fauci said you know this thing doesn't play on our timeline we we go by the virus's timeline and, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, that that timeline necessitates that a lot of this stuff be uh, pushed back and, and a lot of can chases, it cancels, uh, canceled. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully we have a football season because I think, you know, obviously for a lot of obvious reasons. But, you know, I think I think for OU fans, I think they've got a chance to be really, 
really good next year with Spencer Rattler. There's just a lot to like about this team. But before we move into the uh, the Coach Letterman aspect of this podcast, I mean, what do you what are you thinking about in terms of who this missing this spring hurt the most? Because for me, I'll I'll tell you what I think, and then I'll be interested to hear what you think. I think the two perhaps biggest losers in all this are Jamar Kane and Demarco Murray because they do not have the spring practices they now they can't and and now they they're they can't even go out and recruit i mean those guys i think are so have probably the biggest uphill climb after all of this yeah i, I think those are two that really stand out to me uh, another one just player wise i think is tanner mordecai and we talk about this you know quarterback trying to think of what the word so-called quarterback battle how's that that's fine we'll, uh, i'll allow it we all we all think that Spencer Rattler is going to be the guy, but the one case you could see Tanner Mordecai, you know, closing the gap and making this thing a real quarterback battle is if he had a really good spring and and Spencer Rattler struggled and now Tanner Mordecai doesn't have the chance to show that. And I think the belief is both inside and outside the program that Spencer Rattler is going to be the guy and you take away this big uh, chance for Tanner Mordecai to prove, hey, let's not just make this a quarterback battle in name, but an actual quarterback battle. So uh, he, he's one of the, the biggest losers to me player-wise. And then beyond that, just the, the incoming freshmen, both the ones that are on campus and the ones who hadn't gotten to campus yet, the, the uh, losing of that springtime that's so beneficial for them, not just on the football field where that's a big part of it as well, but also adapting to college life, especially with the early enrollees having that chance to adapt before you jump in, you know, full bore in the, before a season starts is really important. And to have a big chunk of that taken away, I think sets those guys back as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it does. I, I think Bryson Washington, some of those guys, defensive guys that enrolled early, feel bad for a guy like Trey Norwood who was coming off an injury. I mean, there are a lot of guys I think that, that uh, could really have used the spring, but Ryan, thanks so much for doing this. Um, and you're going to stick around though in secret. And now we're going to go to the interview with, uh, with coach Letterman and let him let me have it for, uh, for the uh, article that I wrote about him. So we'll go to that interview now. Yeah, you, you enjoy yeah. that. And I'll just lie and wait over here. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So now let's go to coach Letterman. All right, now happy to be joined uh, by Coach Letterman, the uh, youth football coaching legend that I profiled earlier this week on The Athletic. Uh, he was a little bit unhappy, I think, with the, with the final article. Coach, uh, you know, you, I'll just give you the floor to start. You know, what, what's the problem? With Un, unhappy would be the understatement of the millennium. You listen here. I don't know. Who got to you? It might have been Fred or George or Jim or Joe or Bob Jew. I don't know who it was. But what I know for a fact is that that story was a bold face lie. Okay? I don't know who this person was that's supposed to have created the Twitter. I run my own Twitter account. I do it by myself. I literally sit in my house and in my corner view apartment looking out at the fountain, and I tweet things to inspire people. And you want to say that some dude – who's some lawyer or big shot, whatever he is. No, that is a bold face lie. And I just, it's me. And I don't understand. Like you said the words of a man named Chris Newbert portrays Coach Newbert. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's like the biggest bombshell that hasn't ever dropped or whatever. His name is literally Newbert. I don't understand what the problem is here. I was, you're saying what happened? You're saying that your name is not really Caleb Leach. Like, who is Caleb Leach then? Because I Googled Caleb Leach, and you look a lot like him. Caleb Leach is an identity that I stole to sneak four locos a loss across the Florida-Georgia line, okay? So I can get it down for the game in Jacksonville. I sneak four locos across that Florida border so that I can watch football hammered as I want to, okay? Listen, they make better versions of Fireball in Mexico. And you cannot get that stuff in the States. So I use the Caleb Leach persona and identity, which I stole off the internet. I just found his ID on there and I stole it from there. And I stole it and I snuck it in here to the United States where I utilize that ID for getting, you know, things that I want. I just don't understand how you can say I'm not real. Like I'm talking right now. How does that, I'm on the podcast. You are, you are. And look, I'm a fan coach like I, I you know i want to make it clear i'm a fan of yours i you're the one who taught me that you know about president benjamin franklin's administration and i mean thank I, you revisionist history so you know i i'm a fan of yours I, I don't understand why you're so angry well i don't understand if you're such a fan how you could write that i'm not real that's what i can't understand how i'm some kind of character in a tv show like i'm not michael scott that's not who I am. I'm not some Steve Carell lying ass Michael Scott person. I'm real, okay? I am as real as as the angels in the outfield, okay? And that happened, okay? I'm as real as as Rudy. I'm as true as Rudy is true. I am real. Number one, Rudy is a terrible movie. Who would ever want Notre Dame or that short little hobbit running around doing anything? That's terrible. All I'm saying is I'm a real person, and I just want to – can you please, please, just for all the listeners out there who are going to hear my beautiful voice, tell them what happened. Which member of the SEC deep state got to you? Because, number one, they started this whole thing off trying to kill football with this corona nonsense, and now they've come to you trying to take me out. They are blatantly attacking the fundamentals of football. Uh, Who was it? Nobody got to me. Coach, I just have to stand by my reporting. Like, I, I have to. The people I – I mean, I, you know, I, I have integrity reporting. journalists. Yeah, your integrity was, hey, this guy's name is Marlon, and we call him Coach Mars. I'm shocked. What a breathtaking story to have broken. So you didn't start out on the UGA.com – UGA sports.com message boards. That's not accurate. You weren't NASCAR dog. On- that is, I, I'm a real person. I started that account. I just used NASCAR dog because I enjoy NASCAR. <laughs> okay, that's how I started this whole thing. I just started that way, and then I thought, hey, you know what? People really should know who I am, so I created Twitter. <laughs> um, I, I'm just afraid we're never going to agree on this. I mean, I, you know, I. I have integrity. Listen, my can I will go. I will run circles around like this forever. My my conditioning is at a peak form right now because I don't even have to go to work because we're all shut down and all this crap. So all I do is work out in the weight room with all my friends and my kids. My not my children. I mean Jordan is here, but I also work out with like all the kids from the football team. So I just I'm ready. Let's go. So you 
you're forcing your kids to to practice right now through this. Is that is that what I'm you're saying? Yes. How, how's I mean, it going? What if they're going to be quarantined anyways? Isn't it better to be quarantined in the weight room? I mean, an hour in the weight room is more valuable than a lifetime in the classroom. Well, look, we got like weeks on end in the in the weight room. Can you? I mean, I am turning children into men in like a revolutionary way. Like Jordan, his body has completely changed. He's still kind of blubby and, and chubby in certain places, but on the inside where it really counts, machine now. And let me tell you, rat tail has never looked better. And Chainsaw Way too, though he honestly has caused a bit of a problem because he's kind of started to lose it a little bit, which I worried about with a man named Chainsaw. But he's just uh, – he's struggling – mentally with the like depth of everything that's going on mm -hmm. but uh you know i think overall it's really i think it's been great for us as a football team i'm really excited for what it's going to do in the future mm -hmm. so and, and just to be clear jordan is is a is actually a seven-year-old boy who was born on february 29th he's not an actor right who went to film Listen. school with seth morton that's not true who is even is Seth Morton? You like you put a picture up of that person. That's Pat, who works at the grocery store. He works at the gas station. You can stop by the 88 and find him. <laughs> he hangs out down there and sells beer and cigarettes and everything else you find at a gas station. Premium petrol. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, but no, uh, Jordan. Jordan. See, here's the thing about Jordan. I discovered Jordan at the same gas station that Pat works at, and. When you, I mean, I, how brilliant can you really be? I mean, that's the most brilliant idea anybody's ever come up with to utilize leap years in that kind of a way. Buzzing them, you'll, you're seeing in the documentary, they did try this, uh, but I was able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the, uh, the birth certificate for Young Two or whatever his name was he went under, it was Antonio Brown, okay? He was trying to sneak in to try to keep his conditioning up, which really, I think he just, he didn't – he unfollowed me and blocked me on Twitter. But I think that got to him mentally, and he thought, you know what, I really ought to go down and find out how to block better from coach. And then he accidentally got drafted by Buzz, so it was not hard to prove he was not – like he wanted to be proven that he was not really a, a, a seven-year-old. You know, when he couldn't work for me, he's out. <laughs> coach, since this is in Oklahoma, and I'm sure the fact that I cover Oklahoma – it, it, you're you're skeptical of that as well, I would assume. But, but while I'm being here, twelve lying people, I have to ask you about Oklahoma. They're going to be playing an SEC team this fall, Tennessee. Yeah. I know you're not. Yes, one fan, of my. But, you know, well, you know, assuming that we have football, I mean, what? Whoa, what do you think no, about football is happening. Okay. If I have to literally cure COVID, football is going to happen. Mm -hmm. COVID's not even real. I'm I'm ninety percent sure that this was created by Pac-12 scientists because they never get into the college football playoffs. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that this was all because they're just, like, tired of having, like, half-decent teams not getting in because they can't even play – I mean, they can't play any good of football. Like, at least at least for you guys in Oklahoma, you have good offense. Like, I've gone down and I've helped Lincoln a couple times. He's a fun guy. Ter I mean, lightweight drinker. That dude cannot hold fireball to save his ass. But – What's great is 
you guys can really – you use – that air raid offense is fun. You've been able to adapt it. Part of that – now, I'll tell you what, who really learned a lot from me is C.D. Lamb. He's going to do great in the NFL. And that – hey, I'd say you should draft him number one overall. Frick Burrow, screw that dude. Cincinnati, draft that guy, then trade A.J. Green for something else because that – A.J. Green is in the olden days of Georgia. I love him. I love A.J. Green with a passion. But he's in the olden days of Georgia before we had a head coach that would let me help out and uh, coach up wide receivers because a lot of you know about my story with Mark Rick and that he, me, and Pork Jock Pruitt got into this big, huge brawl down at Georgia uh, because we kind of sort of took over the football program behind his back. It's neither here nor there. All I know is Pork Jock Pruitt and I used to be friends, I think. Then he betrayed me to get the job back at Alabama and took a bunch of the players that I helped him recruit to Georgia to Alabama. And now he's at Tennessee and I've got to play him every freaking year. And uh, I just, I mean, I love winning his invitational every year, but I hate pork chops so much. Mm. And, but even though I don't like Jeremy as a person, man, can he call a defense like nobody's business. And I just had to say, as good as I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys at Oklahoma do as a quarterback this year, because I haven't heard if you've got another transfer in. Because apparently that's all Lincoln can do. Don't give him young people. Only transfers. Only transfer quarterbacks. Otherwise, no good. Don't give him 18 year olds. He's terrible with them. Apparently, oh, if they got at least be 20, then he can work with them. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I you played Tennessee before. Uh, now, that was under Butch Jones, the snake oil salesman. <laughs> I love Butch Jones. I, a lot of people at Tennessee I've heard hate him, but I love him because, man, did he ruin that program and stick it in a horrible flaming toilet bowl of crap. Like, that was – it was awesome to watch. He did. Um, just someone systematic. I've, I've systematically taken down a lot of things, but Butch Jones, that was a savant move taking that place down. And then shipping off to Alabama to have to play Tennessee every year and be like, ha-ha, now I'm beating your terrible thing that I screwed up. Yeah. I, I have to ask, though, Coach, it, you know, Oklahoma has had transfer quarterbacks. This year it's probably going to be Spencer Rattler. He was a freshman. But Georgia, I think, isn't Jamie Newman a transfer at Georgia? Yeah. But Yeah. But, okay, great. I'm just making sure that's okay for Georgia but not for anybody else or – no, listen, I'm okay with the transfer rule because here's the thing. In my world, I get kids to quit other football teams and come and join my team all the time. And if you can do it in youth football, you ought to be able to do it in the NCAA. I mean, that's just – that's really how it should work. You know, we spear tackle all the time because, I mean, they're little kids. The helmet's half the time heavier than they are, not on my team, but on other teams. So we spear tackle all the time just because – He's a kid. What's he going to do? I mean, we teach him how to do it, but, you know. Uh, so, I think that should be allowed to happen again in the NCAA. I, we use the flying V all the time, and I don't – that V formation is great, and I don't understand why that's been taken out of the NCAA. It really ruins kickoffs, um, which is a fundamental part of football. I mean, it's the foot part of football. So, I don't understand why we would want to take that away or anything like that, but I uh, yeah, I'm all good for transfer quarterbacks. I'm excited about about Newman. I think he's going to be a good quarterback for us. I'm intrigued, unfortunately, because of this whole fake illness that's going around. The struggle of off season practice with players—it's a real problem. Because I really want 
I want to see a quarterback have time to learn the system, get integrated in, get, you know, relationships with wide receivers is really important. It's actually one of the – I taught on this one time on a periscope. It's really important that your quarterback understands when after your wide receiver does a devastating downfield block, after that he has to know, I got to throw straight at that corner the next time. Well, if you don't know that relationship well, that can become a problem and can mess up your uh, your relationship and, and your timing of the games. Mm. I, I Last thing, Coach, that I think before – I actually have a special – guest that I'm going to bring in who wants to talk to you too Um, but we'll get to that in just a second I do want to come back to what you said about C.D. Lamb you uh, you had some really high praise for him he is a devastating downfield blocker I mean he is and uh, I take full credit for that I actually taught C.D. that when I uh, when I hitchhiked out to the Rose Bowl um, a long time ago I actually broke into the Oklahoma hotel Um, I meant to do it as sabotage but I had unfortunately drunk more than I I mean I meant to drink that much it just affected me faster than I thought it would that night um happens to the best of us you peed too much or you haven't eaten enough things happen I've forgotten to beat jerky stick in my car anyways long story short I broke into his room I was gonna burn his shoes so that he couldn't play football the next day unfortunately what I ended up doing was teaching him and Hollywood Brown how to block um, and I, I, I broke some of my secrets. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason you guys were able to make that game even any bit competitive was their ability to block. Um, like, Georgia kill, was killing y'all. I mean, y'all couldn't do anything to stop us. It's, it's why we won. But CD and dang Hollywood, I watched some blocks in that game. I was like, I have no one to blame for this but myself. I've wow. done this. And, and I'm just – you don't I mean they did a great job. I'm not wrong. Okay. Sharing knowledge with good football players is never a bad thing. You just should be careful before you do it to opposing teams. Yeah. Um, especially before you play them in the in the college football playoffs. But it didn't matter because Georgia whipped your ass because we're SEC. We go through the grind of an SEC schedule, and you all handle the wimp ass Big Twelve schedule. I mean, y'all y'all couldn't even win the Big Ten. Like, if it was like Ohio State – see, this is the thing I think as well. They keep sticking you guys against SEC teams because they know, like, okay, we know the SEC team's going to win. But if they stuck a Big Ten team against y'all or an ACC school, it, y'all might actually get to the to the championship. Yeah. And they just keep doing that. That's not fair to them to keep setting you guys up for failure. But, I mean, you guys did it to yourself this year. You got to play Tennessee. And I think Porkchop's going to come down there and whip some ass. And that's oh. uh, going to be a bad day. Yeah. And you'll well, get a little revenge for what happened down in the old General Neyland Stadium, <laughs> which is a fabulous toilet bowl, let me tell you. <laughs> well, you know, look, I appreciate you doing this, Coach Letterman, even though we may have a disagreement about the article. I'm a big fan. I hope everybody goes and reads it. You're, you're, you know, you do a lot of important yeah. work. Now, Please and- read the article to know all the lies that are being told about me. Truth, Jason, it's just mean. Saying someone is not real is just mean. That's all I have. That's where this all comes down to. It's, it just – it hurt my feelings. Oh, well, I'm sorry. And I don't, I don't admit that much, but this – it cut me to the quick. Well, I, I'm sorry that I did that. But, you know, I, I, I have to thank you because you, you did this interview. You uh, were kind enough to talk to me and some of the other OU writers out in L.A. when we found you outside the Rose Bowl. And that's the surprise, actually, is 
I'm actually happy now to welcome into the podcast uh, your old friend. You actually barked in his face. Ryan Aber is here. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jason. I appreciate this opportunity. Since we talked in September at the Rose Bowl, I've kept talking to my sources, kept uh, digging on this story. Of course, I asked you about the, the waterbed out in L.A., and I actually got my hands on a couple of your high school yearbooks. Uh, I've been looking through them, and yes, I found out you did, did letter three times, but only once was football. I believe your sophomore year, you lettered in theater is all I could find soccer your junior year and your senior year you did football that's right these are forgeries you were the holder on the football team okay i did hold on the football team that's true i did that all three years it's a very respectable position and that's how i found one of my lifelong friends coach moore however the other two forgeries i don't know who this is i'm telling you this is sec deep state at its worst this is big 12 big 10 pac 12 you're all trying to take us down I don't understand. It's not real. I guarantee. I never even took a theater class. I didn't take any arts classes. I still graduated. That's how good I was because I was a savant at football. And they said, that'll work. His football playing is a work of art. We don't need anything else. I didn't take a theater class or choir or anything of that nature. I don't know what you're talking about. Theater, who's a what's it in the – I haven't even seen Wicked before. Who cares about that? All I'm saying is that forgeries, you – if I was with you, I would downfield block your ass through a wall. I don't understand. This is this is preposterous. I don't have to take this. I am offended and cut. Jason, I don't know who got to you. Page 42 we of this friends. yearbook shows the theater club your sophomore year. I, your picture they're not there. real. It's fake. I guarantee you it's a fake. I don't even have a yearbook because I don't read. Books are worthless. Only if... If they had yearbooks as DVDs, I might trust it. But they don't. They have them as books. So they're not trustworthy items. It's a fake. It's a forgery. Not possible. I guarantee you those right there were set up by the Big 12. This is Oklahoma trying to take down UGA again. We will live forever. Viva La Bulldogs. Woo, 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 woo. Okay, I think did we lose Coach Letterman? I think we may have lost him. <laughs> well, we seem to have lost Coach Letterman, uh, who I believe angrily hung up uh, from the Zoom call uh, when he was confronted by Ryan Aber. Look, thank you so much to everyone involved with the three-year Letterman uh, Twitter account, the web series, everything uh, for how much fun they've been this week and for playing ball with both this podcast and with the article which was a ton of fun to work on. The, uh, the story behind the three-year Letterman Twitter account uh, it has been a very popular story on The Athletic, and we really appreciate all of you who have read it. And if you haven't, I hope you go check it out. And thanks again to Ryan Aber for jumping on and uh, helping me break down kind of what's been going on in OU World. We'll be back uh, soon with another episode of The Outside World. Until then, please stay safe. Please social distance.